Good morning, good morning, good morning, Revive. It's so awesome to see you here. Um, yeah, oh, I, can't, I can't even remember that story, to be honest. <laughs> Who was it? Who said it? Oh, okay, five. Okay, so I'm glad it's not my rally. Anyway, um, hey, today's a special day, actually, for me. Um, this day, on the 24th of April in 1992, um, exactly 30 years ago, I gave my heart to God. So, I, look, I've got better things to do with your life than talk about me, but um, it's, it was actually in that room, and uh, the only reason why I came to, to church, I didn't know it was a youth group, was because I was hungry, I wanted a Milo and a biscuit, so anything that was free and food, that was me to a T, so... I just, um, the, the, the sermon that, that I'm going to bring this morning is a culmination of those 30 years, um, just experiencing God. That day, I never felt the same. Jesus came into my heart, and I pray that as we go through this, that the same God that touched me then is going to be coming alive to you uh, this morning. So let, let's begin. If you're like me, you hate losing stuff. Uh, for instance, have you ever forgotten where you've placed the car keys, the house keys, your wallet, your purse, or Lord forbid, your phone? You know, the, the typical, I, I swear I left the remote on the table. In my house, it goes something like this. Hun, have you seen my keys? And she's, she would say, no, you had them last. I bet your kids touched them. Then, then, then a few minutes later, don't worry, I found them uh, right where I left them last. And sometimes I place keys in such a good place and such a good place that I want to hide them from the kids that I forget where I've put them. So, yeah, it's a common thing. Or how about when you've got an appointment or an event to attend? Maybe it's work, a wedding or church. And you're busy searching for your phone, your wallet, and so on. You're running late. And then what's the team going to think? Man, I'm going to miss out on the wedding ceremony. I can't find my wallet. My girlfriend has to pay for the, our first dinner date, <laughs> which is what happened to me with Anna. <laughs> if you're like me, you, know, you, you lose, when you lose stuff, you start losing your mind. And your mind can start spiraling out of control. And sometimes I get flustered and angry. And then, in my case, I start blaming my kids. And it's easy to stay composed when the, everything goes to plan. But what are we like when our plans turn to custard? One moment, life can feel manageable, sweet. We're on top of the world. Everything is awesome as the movie goes. And then the next minute, just one phone call, one report, one diagnosis, one accident, one disease, and so on. It can feel overwhelming. Life can feel unfair. Here you are trying to live your life like, ah, minding my own business. I'm trying to serve God as much as I can. You're doing your very best, but life just doesn't go to plan. And if you have your Bibles, that's awesome. If you can turn to 1 Samuel 21, and we'll take it from verse 1. But before we read it, let me provide some context into the passage. 
We take it from the time when David, king, he's not a king at the time, he's just a soldier serving in the Israelite army. He's running away from King Saul in order to save his life. Saul's insecurities come to the fore in 1 Samuel 18, which we'll read very soon. It's especially noticeable when the Israelite woman sang a song. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Let's take it from verse 8. And Saul says, what's this? They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands? Next, they'll be making him king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Eventually, King Saul orders his Israelite army to hunt and kill David. It doesn't seem fair for David. He's a warrior in the king's army, the same king. He risked his life for his country. He risked his life for his king. Now the same soldiers, comrades that once stood side by side, shoulder to shoulder on the battle lines, have now turned against him. So David hid for nearly three days. Three days hiding. Man. Three days, waiting for his best friend, Jonathan, uh, who is the king's son out of all people, to confirm if his dad truly intended to kill King David. You know, I wonder what, what was going on in David's mind when, uh, during those three days, 72 hours, man, that's a long time. It's a long time to start thinking for, if you choose to, your mind to get out of control Maybe he was playing, you know, scenarios after scenarios. I can get like this in my mind, over and over in his mind. And sometimes the hardest place that we could ever experience is in the waiting. Waiting for a diagnosis, waiting for a phone call, waiting for a court ruling, waiting for help. And sometimes it's waiting for God. No one likes to experience anxieties and worries or pain or tragedy, but we do because that's the world that we live in. One of the hardest experiences I've had to uh, experience in my life was the passing of my mother-in-law, Anna's mother, Raywin. She was, she was a lovely woman of God, gentle and kind, very easy to talk to. I remember the first visit that I had uh, to her house, and that was my first impressions of her. She always said, when we, have, when we have children, she would move back to New Zealand. She was in Australia at the time to be with them. But during her last Christmas on earth, she felt unwell, which led to seeing, to the, uh, seeing the doctors, and scans confirmed that she had cancer. A few months later, she went to be with her Lord and Saviour, which is awesome, Jesus Christ, at the age of 54. Just eight months shy of seeing our first child. You know, we had plans, man. We, uh, as a family, me and Anna. And what type of life is this when you have children who only know their grandmother just on the windowsill? But I can say, and I hope he's watching, that we have the best grandfather. You know, sometimes life isn't fair.
did this at our wedding too. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, I'm sure you have your life, you know, life isn't fair stuff. I'm, I'm not the only one. And it's, and it's comforting that we can come to each other in this time. And the same is with David. You know, a man was all alone, hunted like an animal, all because King Saul was more co- concerned about the crowd and what people thought of him and his own crown and his position, rather than thinking about what Christ thought. You know, we sometimes forget the greatest heroes in the Bible experience the deepest lows of a human can endure. And I take encouragement from that when I read the Bible. If people can go through hell just like David, they can come out the better on, out the better on the other side. And I want to know what David did to come out on the better on the other side. So let's have a look, which is awesome. Let's have a look what David did. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 21. David went to the town of Nob. Nob. <laughs> That's what Anna did. To see Ahimelech, the priest. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes you laughed. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread or anything else you have. We don't have any regular bread, the priest replied. But, it, but there is the holy bread which you can have. And to verse 6. Since there was no food available, the priest gave him the holy bread, the bread of the presence, which was placed before the Lord in the tabernacle. Yeah, here's the first key, if you're writing notes. David made his way to where he knew he would be strengthened, and that's in the presence of God. I wonder where you turn when you're all alone, or where do you turn when, the time, when there's a time of crisis in your life, tragedy or disappointment? Interestingly, David, a man of war, a man of strategy and calculation and precision, and he's super switched on in the army as a man did not turn to his military might or his strength, but he turned to God. You know, we need to be like David. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going to God. When the going gets tough, the tough get going to God. How much, you, how much are you willing to pursue God to get your mind and your heart and soul back on track? You know, David went as far as breaking the rule of eating the bread of presence, which was, by the way, only reserved for priests to eat. So he went against the law. The bread of the presence was symbolic of the acknowledgement that God was resource of Israel's life and nourishment. God was resource of Israel's life and nourishment. If we are to get our mind, our soul, and heart back on track. We need the presence of God. And that's exactly what Craig prayed, and the same with Louise this morning as well. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You know, God's presence also can be felt amongst fellowship and community with godly people, Basically, here at church, 
That's why we make church a priority. That's why we come here. We make sure we're on time. We're raising our hands. We want to get here with God. Just like awesome what Craig said this morning. You know, come to church. Make church a priority in your life. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. What an awesome promise. What an awesome promise. So let's not turn to social media in the times of crisis. Let's not create a group of moaners or complainers or bury our sorrows and hurts and addictions, horn, alcohol and drugs. You know, those things are only temporary fixes. Instead, let's be in a community of solid believers that knows where to turn when the going gets tough. Why? Because the tough get going to God. Awesome, guys. David knew where, he, where the Lord dwelt. For where God is, there is sustenance and strength, physically and spiritually. That's exactly what David needed at the time and exactly what we need in time of hardship. Because when you're in the presence of God, he gives what's best for you. Man, that's awesome, man. God always wants the best for us. That's his heart for us. And it's the same with my children. They think that eating chips, lollies, soft drinks is good for breakfast, lunch, <laughs> and dinner. They think it's the best thing ever. And if they don't get it, they're going to die. But how many of us know that as parents that we need to eat a balanced meal with veggies, but not Brussels sprouts or, or coffee? <laughs> Where's the preacher there, brother? You know, a good balanced meal, I'm only joking, I'm only joking for the record. A good balanced meal is going to provide the nutrients and vitamins and helps us grow strong and healthy and energy to get most of life. And in his presence, it's exactly the same. In the nutrients for our minds, where our thoughts are like Christ. And in his presence, like vitamins and for our heart that forgives when people hurt us. And we can move on with our lives instead of being sick with a hard heart of bitterness. And in his presence, there is fullness of life and energy, you know. So we can fulfill his purpose and calling for our lives and more. Such is God's presence for us. Let's have a look in uh, David, chapter 21, verse 8. David's asked Ahimelech, Do you have a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah. The priest replied, It is wrapped in the cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want, for there is nothing else. There is nothing like it, David replied. Give it to me. There is nothing like it, David replied. Give it to me. Man, wow, what an attitude. Give it to me. Give it to me. Something happened to David when he encountered the presence of God. He said, give it to me. Give it to me. The very weapon that Goliath intended to use to kill David, David used to kill the nine-foot giant, nine giant. Now David was pursued by King Saul 
David looked at the sword and said, give it to me. Now, before we carry on more, let's look briefly at what happened before he killed Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 to 47. David said, you come with me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come with you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. The Lord rescues his people, but not not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. No wonder David said, give it to me. He was a, a younger man when that happened, and he said, give it to me. It was a reminder, when the heat is on, bring it on, because my God is with me. And it's the same thing with what happened to my oldest child, uh, Avery. She was uh, attending school, and she was being bullied when she moved up a class. Rather than praying for protection for her, we prayed that she'd be strengthened in the midst of a trial, and that she would call on, just like David, on the name of the Lord, that she will get it into her heart, the Lord is with her. Well, uh, I can say that Avery developed compassion in her heart, and the bully eventually became her friend. It's awesome. You know, we as sons and daughters of God are made to stand. We're made to defeat giants. You too can say to the giant you're facing in your situation, the very weapon you tried to use against me, I'm going to use against you. Instead of hate we can, and revenge, I'm going to bless. Instead of demanding to lead, I'm going to serve. Instead of holding back with our finances, I'm going to give. My kingdom is of heaven. It's backwards to this world. Bring it on, world. Give it to me because my God is for me and not against me. You know, I love what King David or David uh, wrote in Psalm 91. And it speaks of his experience and standing of who, he's, who he is in Christ. You can tell he knows his God. And we're going to go through the whole chapter just really simply. Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes in midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how wicked are punished. 
If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will compare, conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold up your hands, hold you up with their hands, so you won't hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample your lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Can anyone say amen this morning? He's worthy. He's worthy. So let me just give you two things we can do for your life if you're going through a life isn't fear situation right now. I want to encourage you to get some R and R. First one is get some rest. Get some rest. Get some rest. Come to God. Come into his presence. Get some rest. Jesus has said, come all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Last week, my, fam- my family popped into Gisborne for a visit and chance to visit our nephews, but twin boys. And I can tell you it was great to just get away from home and, and see the kids enjoy their rallies. And during that time, Jaira made a paper plane. It was, he loved it. But it wasn't flying too well, so every time he picked it up, it just went straight to the ground. And, and Mama, Mama, it's not working. So he picked it up and it's just carried on flying the plane. And it kept crashing to the ground. No adjusting the plane, no twiddling, no fiddling around with it. Just kept throwing it. Throw and hope, throw and hope. And sometimes we can be like my son. And his paper plane doing the same thing and hoping something different will happen. Hoping and waiting for our situation and circumstances will change and fix itself. And just like Craig said, the, different, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, to get into rest, maybe we need to do something different rather than just hoping and waiting for God to do something. Invest in some headphones or something. Go to the beach or, or put on some worship. Raise your hands, you know. Do something to get you in a position where God will come to you and to, for you to open your heart to him. Whatever it takes, read your Bible. Anything to say, Lord, here I am. Like I said before, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Number two, is respond. Be not hearers of the word, but doers also, says in James. You see, the more we hang, the more time we hang out with God, I've known us to, the more we start to think like him. As we spend time resting in him, our response in whatever situation we will be in will flow from our relationship with God. It's awesome stuff. Our response when someone hurts you will naturally go, hey, I forgive that man. I will bless them, man. I'll pray for them. And that's what happened when someone crashed into me. Hey, I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to, yeah, forgive him. When you are lacking, 
that you know that he is Jehovah Jireh. You spend time with him. You know that he's a provider of everything. When you're stuck and needing answers, that you don't turn to the God of Google or the God of um, anything else or social media, that your response would be, hey, Holy Spirit, I need your guidance. I need your counsel. When someone is sick, that you will lay your hands on them and pray for them. That's your automatic response because you've been in the presence of God. I'm going to ask the band to come up. That'd be awesome. As I wrap up this morning, you know, life's going to throw some curly situations. And sometimes it can be, yeah, downright unfair. And this morning, you know, I've been totally honest. This is probably, it's been really, really difficult. Um, just not only prepping this sermon, but I had a mate that committed suicide. Uh, and I went to his funeral. Then on Friday, my mum popped over and after spending five months in the psychiatric ward because she's going through dementia. And I was hoping that there would be signs of improvement, though there have been uh, some improvement. It's not the same mum that I've grown up with. And then there's pressures of work and someone at work had COVID and, and I had to take up the slack. And then being a dad and father, and the list goes on. Here's my little violin that I'm playing and all that sort of stuff. But it's been, it's been quite tough. You know, trying to just maintain and just keep a level here without just losing, losing my mind. And I, I knew something was wrong because, you know, not, to, um, not that it wasn't my kid's fault. I just I knew I was, wasn't coping as well because something little would just set me off. I wouldn't take it out on him, but I just knew I had to do something. So I just went, grabbed my gym gear, chucked on some joggers and started running, put on headphones and, and, and just started running. Ran to the gym, did a workout, put on some worship music and works and actually helps me pump a few extra kgs when I'm working and worshiping God. And then just running back and again, just, just listening to his just presence his words of encouragement, listening to podcasts. And for me, that was rest. And that's exactly what I needed was to just get away and just come back. You know, and I want to encourage you guys, what's your rest? What do you do for rest? You know, when I talk about gym and working out, that might cause you to vomit in your mouth. You know, <laughs> this is the last thing that you want to hear. But I'm not you and you aren't me. You know, it could be just sitting down, just reading books after books, or just sitting in your own room time after time, whatever it is. What is your rest? What is your rest? Because the world is looking for answers. The world is looking at people like us when the going gets tough. Where are we going? The, Lord is, the world is looking when there's a... A life isn't fair moment in, that, in your life. Where are you going to go? This morning, our Heavenly Father's heart is always for you to have the best. And the best you can have this morning is Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He is our rest so that you can respond healthy and full of life and full of purpose as His son and daughter 
mother, husband, wife, student, worker, leader, friend, follower, follower, minister, because you know that God is with you. This morning, if that's you, if you need his presence, if you need his rest, or you need to be strengthened to respond to life, if you're in the midst of a life isn't fair moment, I encourage you, we're going to pray a second. I want you to raise your hand and respond. So while every eye is closed this morning, God's presence is in this place. He loves to be around his people. I can sense he's comforting people. There's hurt. I had this message when a few weeks back to bring it. You're here not by mistake. You're here because there's a plan and purpose in your life. God wants to do amazing things. God wants to reaffirm his love. I can see and feel God even more. So if that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hand if you want rest, if you want to respond in the situation that whatever facing. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Is there anyone else that wants God more God in their life? For the 30 years I've spent with God, and there's nothing like the presence of God. I couldn't deny when I first encountered God 30 years that His presence was always there. I could, no matter what I did, I couldn't run away or do anything bad. He was always there. He was always there to come back to you, to me. Is there anyone else before I pray? Thank you. Awesome. Again, I'm going to pray. Father, when you know, Lord God, those who are reaching out, Lord, that took and responded to your word, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that these guys want to draw near to you, Father. So, Lord, with every heart that's been opened to you, Lord, that you will seal, Lord God. Give them the thoughts of you, Lord Father. Give them the inclination, Lord God, to draw nearer to you. When the going gets tough, Lord God, that these guys are tough enough, Lord Father, to go to you, Lord God. You know their hearts, Lord Father. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you seal and that they'll bear fruit, Lord God, that they too will respond, Lord. Give it to me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen.